Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I'd like to start with something funny, and I heard about this family. Okay, everybody listen. You've got to get this. You've got to be smart to get this. Not really. I heard about this family who lived way back in the woods. They never left their little town and never watched TV. One day, they took a holiday to New York City. The father was showing his son a famous skyscraper. They were so impressed. They were especially intrigued by the elevator. They did not know what it was. An elderly woman walked up and pressed the button, and these walls opened up, and, they, and she stepped into this little room, and the walls closed up again. They stood there contemplating what they had just seen. And a few seconds later, the walls opened up again, and a beautiful young 24-year-old girl stepped out. (laughs) Almost in disbelief, the son said, Dad, what just happened? He said, I don't know, son, but go get your mother. (laughs) I know not not everybody got it, because otherwise you all be laughing. That elderly lady got changed into this 24-year-old, whatever. Do I really have to explain this now? (laughs) Anyway, so I'm so excited about Heart for the House Sunday next week. I'm so excited about Sewing Sunday next week. And you know why I'm so excited about this? You know why I love Sewing Sunday? You know why? Because I know how many lives are going to be changed. I know what is going to happen when we give Next week. Like I said before, the gospel is free. Jesus paid for it all. But presenting the gospel, it takes finance to do this kind of stuff. Now, last week we spoke about a, having a heart of generosity. And, and when our hearts are generous, then our lives are generous. And God wants to create generous hearts in our lives in every way. Just like Jesus, who was the most generous person Whoever lived. Generosity is a real expression of love. That's why for God so loved the world, he gave. Giving is always part of love. Love is always to focus on other people. It says in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and save the lost. And we know that he came, his mission was to seek and save lost people, lost in relationship with him. And of course, that's also our mission. But he actually went out of his way, literally, out of his way to go to planet Earth, out of his way to leave the glories of heaven for us. I mean, greater generosity is not available. That is a sign of such generosity. Abandoned it all for you and for me. To save lost people. I love the word save. Save comes from the Greek word soteria. And it's, it means eternal life. It means preservation. It means restoration. It means deliverance. It's where we get the word sozo from. The wonderful ministry that Vicky leads in this place. Sozo means healed, saved, and delivered. I love that word. And Jesus came to give us that. Provide that into our lives. 
I love what he does here in John 10.10. 10, it says that a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, to slaughter, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come to give you everything in abundance. More than you expect. I wonder what you're expecting today. More than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Who knows that we as Christians are meant to be the overflowing people. The people overflowing with love and kindness in every direction, in every way. I love this. What do you expect? Everything in abundance, he says, more than you expect so that you can overflow. I love it, overflow. I want to be an overflower. Don't you want to be an overflower? I want to be overflowing with the love of God and everything that God has for me and then through me to people around me to be blessed, to be a blessing. This is wonderful. So God puts us into a community to be healed, to be restored, to grow. He puts us in church, into this community. Like you're in this church right now. We're in this community, a perfect place where we can grow together. We can grow in our identity with God. We can grow in our, you know, relationships. In every area, we start to grow. That's why I love life groups, little small groups, because that's the place where we get to know each other, where there's an accountability, and there's, there's, there's learning and growing and using of our gifts and all kinds of stuff. I love this kind of stuff. I love the church. I have such a heart for the church, and I'm glad I'm a pastor of the church. It would be bad if I don't have a love for the church. But you also, come on, we all have a love for the church. The church is the place, the people that Jesus died for. He, he loves his church. And so for us to invest into other people's lives, for us to sow into other people's lives is the best thing that we can ever do in our lives. It's the most beautiful things that we, we were made for this. We were made to be generous to other people. We were made to sow into other people. We were made to give our lives and to serve other people. Amen? That's what Jesus did. And of course, he lives inside of you by his Holy Spirit. So of course, your DNA is already the default setting in you is to serve and to sow and to love other people. This is what Jesus says here. Or not Jesus says, this is what says in Matthew, Matthew says about Jesus. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side, and he said, kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively, as we know, over their subjects, like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Everybody say, serve others. We are called to serve other people because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one who has a heart of a servant. Everybody say heart of a servant. <laughs> That's the most generous thing to do. To be a heart, have a heart of generosity is a heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. Isn't it powerful? Jesus came not to be served, but he came to serve and give his life for the salvation of all of us, for the whole world. That's beautiful. I love it. Jesus really was all about 
investing into other people's lives, sowing into other people's lives. And it's our calling too to sow our lives into other people. Now, Jesus did it straight away. He went to, got 12 uh, disciples, remember? And 12 disciples, and he sowed his life into the 12 disciples. Now, of course, at the end, the 12 disciples, now, 2,000 years later, has grown from 12 to about 2.5 billion, right? And it's being added every week, no, every day, day a week, every day, 100,000 people every day, is added to his church. That's a great return on investment, that's a great return on him sowing into the world. It's just amazing. There's such power in sowing. You really reap what you sow. And of course, Jesus taught how the kingdom is like a seed and that we sow this kingdom. And when we start sowing a seed like this, it's bearing much fruit. Amen? Much fruit. Now, the thing is, though, this does not happen automatically. A farmer does not just buy a piece of land and just sits there and says, I wonder what's going to come up someday, you know? Well, nothing is going to come up someday. Maybe some weeds, you know, because somebody threw some weeds or threw the wind when there, you know? The thing is, though, he intentionally sows stuff, right? He sows seed. That's how it works. You sow something to in, in order to reap something. And so Jesus intentionally sowed himself into the 12, then he sows himself into the, the 72 and sends them into the world. Then he sends us, just before he goes back to the Father, he says, now I send you, go and make disciples of all nations. Then he sends us and sows us into the world. Amen? I mean, I got sown into the world uh, 32 years ago, sown into in New Zealand, I mean. Um, and uh, I, could, I could have stayed in Holland, you know, because I had a great life in Holland and a great prospect and a great life. Um, but then I met this beautiful lady here, and my heart was strangely warmed, uh, and, um, and uh, <laughs> like John Wesley, you know, and, uh, and something happened there, you know, it's like, woo, and so New Zealand must be a beautiful place. Anyway, long story short, I came here only for one year, but then, of course, I uh, went back uh, to Holland, and we, we were praying about where to go, and, um, and I, I just didn't want to stay there. I really felt called to the nations. I'm a fourth-generation missionary kid. And it's just in my blood, and I'm the oldest son, and so often the oldest gets, you know, it's the Lord, you know, the first member. So I thought, okay. And, uh, and I really felt like God in Isaiah 24, he spoke to me about um, lifting up the name of Jesus in the islands of the sea. From the uttermost parts of the earth, I hear um, praise, uh, praise to the Holy One. You, you watch it, uh, it's Isaiah 24. So I said, Catherine, we've got to go to New Zealand. We've got to lift up the name of Jesus in the islands of the sea. And so that's it. And so I'm still here right now. And so I sold myself into this nation. I sold myself into Catherine. I sold myself into my kids and my family here. And uh, together we sold ourselves into this nation, into this church. And we love to sow ourselves into this church. We sow ourselves into your lives. And, uh, and it, it, it's good. I mean, you're sitting here, aren't you? And so it's good. But there's a result. There's a harvest. There's, there's, there's things happening. And I'm very happy that I did so. I mean, was, was there a cost to it? Absolutely was there a cost to it for my family and a lot of cost. But the thing is, though, we sow. We sow our lives. We do what Jesus tells us to do, and we do it gladly. And when it happens, I have a great life. I have a great life. I love my life. I would not change it for any of your lives. <laughs> I'm sure you have a great life, too, but I don't want to live your life. I want to live my life. You know, come tonight. Kathy will talk a bit more about what life you got to live. He's going to be preaching tonight. My wife is going to be awesome, so don't miss it tonight. Here, right here, 
in Christchurch, New Zealand, live tonight, six o'clock. It's going to be five o'clock soon. Six o'clock tonight, still. You know. <laughs> so into our church. There's so many people who so into our church. You know, it's just amazing. Vicky cleans the cleans the building here on, on, on Thursdays and. There's so many people. I mean, this morning again at 7 o'clock, the alarm went off. I hear it all around the house because Jonathan gets up and Sasuke gets up and all of, and we all get up. And Catherine and I have to be a bit later. But the thing is that all these things happening because they've got to do worship. They've got to be early. They've got to practice and all this kind of stuff. There's so many people that give their lives and so into this place. And there are people like Julie and Shane here in, in, in the, out in, in the, uh, you know, and Matt, of course, all you guys who sow yourself, you know, into the homeless, into the city. What a, what a wonderful, selfless ministry that you are doing in this place. I know Sam and Rachel, Sam was, was singing here, they, they have kids club. Every, every holidays they got kids things, kids camps. And so many come to, to, to know the Lord. It's just an amazing minute. So many things are going on in this place. Stu and Rhonda, I mean, you guys, I mean, they're going to you know, head up the pastoral team, uh, meet, uh, a team here, uh, pastoral care team. These guys are amazing. They, they do prison work, and then they just spend time with you guys. Not being paid, they just kind of just love on you guys. And it's a wonderful ministry. They sow into people. Why? Because they love Jesus. And because they love people and they want to use their gifts. Then we have all our life group leaders. And there's so many of them. We've got youth life groups. We've got young adults life groups. We've got adult life groups. We've got old life groups. We've got I mean, old people life groups. You know? They've got 70 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus. Everything. You know? And all these people serve. They all sow their lives into other people's lives. Why? Because they want to. Because they love Jesus and they want you guys to grow. So these are, this is just amazing. All of us are called to give our lives and to sow. Some of us sow ourselves into other churches. David Moot, myself, and other people in this church, they go to other churches and they preach, Cyrus. You know, and that's great. Some of us go into nations, other nations, and we support many of those people. Go to nations. That's wonderful. You know, Thailand, India, wherever we go. It's wonderful. Other people sow, like Rachel and Tim. They sow themselves into that ministry. Selfless. They could have a great job or something else. No, they want to sow themselves into other people. I love sozo ministry. Vicky, do you know how many people get sozoed? I mean, the thing is, though, of course, you can't say anything about it because it's all confidential. But it's just like hundreds every year. I mean, it's amazing how many people come from all over the city come to be sozoed by our team here. And they give themselves sow themselves into these people, abandoning themselves into this ministry and with real, real results. It's just wonderful. Peter, Halliday, did you know that Peter, he cleans everything on the outside, all the garden, how much, some garden, don't they? you know, in church, he cleans it all up to make sure that everything looks beautiful. There's so many people. Then it's all you guys, all your ministries. You sow into, as your teacher, you sow yourself into teaching, into the kids, you know, that, you know? You're a business person. You sow yourself into the business or whatever, counseling. So many people counseling. Whatever you do, all of us, in the end, all of us, sow ourselves into other people, right? The thing is, though, we're called to sow. It's good. Who are you sowing into? I know through your work you'll be sowing into something, but what about intentional? Who are you, who are you actually sowing your love and your life into? The Apostle Paul, he sowed himself into Timothy. Amazing results, Timothy, you know, his spiritual son. What is the ripple effect in your life? What is, the, what is the wake? When you look back over your life, what are some of the things that have happened through your life? What can you be proud of? Say, man, come on. 
Not a selfish pride, but the thing is like, yes, Lord, we did it. You know, like I'm co-partnering with you. And you look in the wake of your life and you see actually people's lives change. Or are you just living for yourself? You know, so many people these days live for themselves. We're called not to live for ourselves. We're called to live for other people. And then our worlds get bigger and bigger and bigger because you're actually helping to build other people up. My life, all I do, the whole week, every weekend, every day is building people up. That's why prophecy is so important. Next time when you have the prophetic um, group, Catherine, I would encourage you, all, all of us would really be there, but anyway, if you have a particular you know, love for the prophetic, because prophetic builds up, you know, this, this is just powerful. And so what Catherine's doing with the prophetic team is just absolutely, it's close to 40 people there, and it's, this, and, and it's just wonderful how, because it builds up people. Proverbs 11, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. The one who helps others are helped. Yeah. It's just the way it is. You reap what you sow. If you sow into other people, you bless other people, it will actually come back to you. I know you don't do it for that, but you will be blessed. That's how God has made it. Bless others, you will be blessed. Sow into others, you will be sowed into. It's just wonderful. It's like a boomerang. It comes back to you. It comes around, goes around, comes around, right? Boom. Good and bad. I talked about it the other day, so you can listen to the talk when I talked about this whole area. I guarantee if you are a happy person, if I meet you and you have a smile and you're a happy person, I guarantee that you are a giver, that you love on people and you're generous in your life. You have a generous heart. I bet you if you're like a sourpuss, you know, I bet you you're very selfish. I bet you that you don't really go out of your way. I bet you that you think a lot about yourself, you know, small packages, you know, stingy, Scrooge. Not this place, I know, not this place. Just, you know, just make sure. We were made to sow ourselves into other people, to invest into other people, and to give our lives away. And that's why I unapologetically also want to talk about next week when we sow financially into our mission. Because in the end, because all of us are faithful in just normal giving, our tithing and offerings, normal giving, you know, because we do this, that's where we can grow and grow. That's where we can now have Rick Martin come on staff. You know, in two weeks' time. I'm so happy. Remember, we, we prayed for him the other day here, that he can be our operations pastor. It's so wonderful. And half, the, half his income comes from overseas. Praise Jesus, because otherwise we couldn't have done it. But uh, we still got to come up with half our salary. Well, we do this in faith. The trustee says, let's do this. And I know the giving goes up all the time because you are learning how to give, which is awesome. But the thing is, though, that's how it happens. He will be able to put systems in this place, which I could never do. And you know what's going to happen? This place is going to grow because of him. You know, we're going to reach more people because of him. Catherine and I will be freed up to do other things, and we are just all going to trek together. But it takes money, guys. It just takes money. It's just the way it is. When we have a second morning service, maybe later in, in, the, in the year. Sorry, I didn't say it on the video very well. It was a second morning service. It takes time and effort. It takes money. It takes everything. It's just the way it is. But we don't want to be afraid of money, guys. Don't be afraid of giving money away. God knows He's got systems. He's got principles. He works in certain ways. He always loves us. We never have to be afraid because if you are afraid, you're still an orphan. That's orphan thinking. Son and daughters don't think that way. They go by the principles of God because they know they work. And they know they're loved by God and God loves a cheerful giver. Amen?
So next Sunday, come with something to sow into this place. Now, what I, one of the things I like about sowing into people's lives, not just money, just people's lives, is, is the cross, is that, um, that we all uh, are sown into from the top. So somebody is sowing into your life, and we need people like that. We need mentors. into Who is sowing into your life? You can't do it by yourself. We all need people to sow into our lives. And uh, I said, um, I told Greg to talk to the business people, which he did last time, and we talked about some of the business people that make sure that some of the older uh, business people who've been in, in the game for a long time, why don't you start mentoring some of the younger business people so they can grow and they can really fly in their own way. And it's beautiful, you know. But all of us, all of us should, should invest and mentor other people, and all of us should be mentored by somebody. So one, you get mentored by somebody. In the bottom, you actually mentor somebody. You are a mentor somebody. And sideways, you will be like your peer group, and you invest into your friends, you in friendships and things like that. And the other side, maybe you would invest into, into pre-Christians, people who don't know Christ yet. So there's, some, there's a missional aspect to your life. So we have this, this sowing into yourself, sowing into somebody else, sowing maybe in peer, and also sowing into the world and the people who don't sadly know Jesus. Now, I'll tell you something. This morning I heard from one of the persons in our church who's a, who's a counselor. She was saying how many people are, are suiciding at the moment. Last three weeks, like an, an um, unusual, how many are being, they kill themselves. How can you kill yourself? There's so much, this, and not only young people, also people my age and younger, they're killing themselves. Guys, we've got to do something about this. It's not going to change. With, uh, we've got to change this. You know, God has given us the authority. He's given us the love to love on people. We've got to sow ourselves into people. All the churches got to do, work hard into sowing into other people's lives. It's not going to happen without us doing some stuff and getting out of our way, going out of our way, and giving some ourselves to other people. Amen? Now, I do want to talk about finance just for a moment because I know that sometimes it's been such a stronghold in people's lives in a negative way. I really want to help you to set you free. Catherine and I have become so generous over the last couple of years, and we have said such an amazing blessing. God is so faithful when you learn how to be generous. You cannot outgive God, and I want you to learn how to give this. I'll tell you why I want you to learn about this. I want you to learn for yourself so you live in the overflow, and you're not in this stingy thing, and then you don't go anywhere because if you're stingy, your world is so small, there's no overflow, there's nothing going anywhere, and that's not what you're supposed to do. Even for in Genesis, God says, I will bless you, Abraham, to be a blessing. We're always to be a blessing, right? But you got to be blessed to be a blessing. If you have nothing, how can you give something away? So don't be afraid to be blessed. I want to be blessed. Yeah. It's this false doctrine. How can we not be blessed? The problem is, though, if you use it for yourself. Right. God will hit you, and your wife will hit you, and your friends around you, and church. That's why we need church community. How are you doing, man? You know? So that's fine. That's fine. You need a bit of accountability around you. But don't be afraid to be blessed. I want you all to be blessed. Right. Highly blessed. Abundantly blessed. I'm not afraid of that because I know that when you have a generous heart, it will go. It will be sown into other people's lives, right? So don't be afraid of that. And also the second thing is because I know that places like this, they run by being, by, by, by being generous. I'll tell you something. If somebody would give us like, a, for example, if somebody, I heard somebody yesterday, I heard somebody gave three and a half million dollars to a thing in India. They wanted to do a thing there. And they just gave three and a half million, one person. If any of you have money like this, I would love to talk to you. <laughs> but the thing is, though, with that kind of money, you can just, you can just buy a building, or you can do something, and you just start another church, or you do a ministry like this in India. It actually works that way. There's enough people here who can start churches. It's often the lack is money. 
That's why I want money not to be a problem in this church, guys. I want us to be so generous that God just loves how generous we are. And he says, I like these guys. And he will just so flood these things into your life so we can just be a blessing and get this mission on the road and get these people who are, who are just hanging themselves. Come on, man. This is not good enough. I'm sorry, I'm not telling you off. I'm just saying to you, we have a mission to go, all of us. You can't just sit here and just come here every morning for a little tickle, a little music, a little whatever. It's not about this. This time on Sunday mornings is, and it's night is for us to empower you to go out and change the world, right? Wherever you go. There's people next door and your neighbor that they're right now maybe contemplating things like this. Do you know? Have we, have we talked to them? Do we know? Make sure we stay missional, guys, in every way, right? Anyway, just about finance now, because I want you to be free in this area of finance. And this is in the Bible. It's not me talking. It's the Bible talking. Corinthians 8, sorry, 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Amen? I love this in the Amplified. And God is able to make all grace. Everybody say all grace. All grace, that means every favor and earthly blessing, come in abundance to you. This Bible, guys, not me. And so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. That means being completely self-sufficient in Him. I think there's something about you that you can ask God, say, Lord, you say this in your word, I want to be self-sufficient in you. You give me a job, you give me an inheritance, you give me whatever ways to be able to be self-sufficient in you and have an abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Right? You can't give if you don't have anything, right? Okay, there we go. So how, how does God do this? Look, watch, watch. Here we go. Now he, this God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for food, will provide and multiply your seed for sowing, that is, your resources. I didn't put it in, it's in the Bible. And increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. We talked about this, sowing your life into other people. You will be enriched in every way, so that you may be generous, and this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to God from all those who benefit from it. Powerful. Okay, the Passion Translation. Now translation. Here we go. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which is you guys, us, which becomes bread for our meals, so we, for ourselves too, to live, but even, well, bread to live, sorry, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need, plus more. Everybody say plus more. Come on, we're living in the plus more. Then, then, look what it says. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion for when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. God would love each one of us to be generous on every occasion. This is finance, this is loving on people, this is giving your life to people, this is helping people doing the garden next door, but the lady's too old to do the garden, whatever it is. He loves us to sow into other people. It actually makes him happy. But there's a promise here. Look at the promise here on God. Verse 10, God provides, provides seed for the sower, right? 
That means that he is assuming that we are sowers. Just say, I am a sower. I am a sower. Plus more, he says. God always is generous. He always makes more and always helps us to overflow. And even if you don't have anything, you can ask him for a seed. Some of you need to ask him for a seed even for next week. You don't have anything. You think, how can I do anything? I'll tell you something. We sometimes didn't have anything, but we still sowed. Get a figure. Say, okay, I want you to give $5,000. I don't know know how to give $5,000. Say, well, pray about it. And it's amazing what things come. It doesn't have to be cash. It can be over the year, whatever. But sometimes you got to get out and say, God, what do you want me to give? And then believe him for the money. You don't just give out of what you have. That's too simple. That's not even supernatural. That's easy. What about giving above? What about giving something that I actually can't see this yet, but by faith, I'm going to do this and see what he does in your life. It's going to be so much fun because when he, when he comes through, it's like, yes. And next time, you go bigger, you know? That's how it works. Try him out. Even the Old Testament said, test me. Test me. God is saying, test you. Come on, come on, come on, test him. Some of you need to test him. Some of you are so generous. It's overflowing out of your life. So, no problem. Where do I sign the check? It's okay. Okay. <laughs> So now watch how this works. No, look, look, look. Watch how this works. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. So who multiplies it? God does. So he's not even human, is he? He's God. So it's a supernatural multiplication. And that's what I'm trying to say to us. We need to learn what supernatural multiplication looks like. Some of you have never even tried this. Try it. Try it with something small. Try it because you'll be so blessed because this is how God works. He says he multiplies, right, the seed supernaturally. And then says as who sows it? You. We sow. He doesn't sow. We sow. It's a partnership. We do this thing together. As we sow, he multiplies so that you the harvest of your generosity will grow. Remember, life's getting bigger and bigger in your way. You will not, verse 11, you'll be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take uh, your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. You know, you don't even know what the harvest is through your life. You don't even know sometimes. I was so blessed, as I told some of you last week, and some of you were not here when this uh, guy, Tim, came to me uh, last week at a conference and he said to me, Gideon, I, I became a Christian when you did the altar call um, almost 20 years ago at the March for Jesus. Now, I didn't know, but he went forward to receive Christ. He says, Gideon, I'm actually here because of you, because you said something. You actively sold your life into my life and you actually invited me to come. We don't know through our lives what's going to happen. We all have people like that. Sometimes we can't see in the wake. Sometimes people will be in heaven. All the ministry that we do through our church, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who's watching online right now. We just don't know, right? But we know that God is using us all the time. His Spirit is always drawing people to Himself. Amen? And so we will meet people in heaven and say, hey, it was because of you. Because at Harmony Church, remember this whole thing? I watched this thing on podcast. Uh, whatever, on live stream or podcast, listen to podcast. I became a Christian because I, I taught out my marriage because whatever. There will be a lot of fruit through your lives. God says here in verse 8, he says, God is able. Why does he say God is able? Why does he say God is just willing or just not able? Why does he say not God will? 
The reason why is it's always a partnership between us and God. He provides the seed for us. He provides our jobs, our talents, all this kind of stuff. He provides then the principle of multiplication, right? The power of sowing and reaping. And then us, we then take the seed. And this is a very small seed. Look at the little seed that's in here, like a like little thing. You know what it is? It's a grape seed. I had some grapes last night. Let's, let's have a little seed. This can build a whole vineyard. Little grape. He then takes the little seed that we have. And some of you have got a big seed. Little seed that we have. And we then put it into the ground. Into the soil. Right? And then he multiplies it. But that's wonderful because he is such a great multiplier. It's not one plus one is two. It's one plus one is 5,000. That's the way he works. And so I want us to learn to do this. Learn how this works in our lives. The farmer knows how it works. The more seeds, the more fruit. Like, no-brainer, right? That's just the way it is in lives. There's so, so much power. But I want you to know that the power is actually in the seed. When we give money next week, then there's power in that seed. When you give your $100... That, that seed, there's actually power of multiplication in that seed. We don't just give $100. We don't just give $5,000. There's actually power in the seed. And he will start to multiply this. And the thing is, though, it will come. We have come back to you. We have so many stories, Catherine and I. And I, I won't bore you with all the stories because we've had so many things given to us, like cars and you name it, inheritances and stuff. Just because we're faithful, faithful. In giving, because it's like a boomerang, thing will come back to you. You know, the seeds have to die before they produce fruit. Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But when it dies, if it dies, it produces many seed. You know, God gives us seed. But sometimes some of us keep so tight, hand, never release the seed. And so it can't multiply. It's just in your hand. It never goes anywhere. And God wants us to learn that seeds are for sowing. And that we can actually sow our seed and see because the power is actually in the seed. We don't even know exactly how it works in the germination. I mean, you put it into the ground, things are happening. You can watch it, you know. But it's like, it's just supernatural, isn't it? I mean, I know it's natural, but you know what I mean? It's just something so beautiful. The whole kingdom is like that in our lives. Some of us have held so tight on this whole thing. I'll, I'll, I'll read this. This is what I wrote. The problem is that many of us have held on to God's blessings, and we haven't recognized that the power of increase is actually in the seed, and only when we let it fall into the ground and die and give it away, then it will multiply and will do uh, bring a harvest. By the way, this is the same for spiritual blessing. We've been blessed in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Everything has been given to us. Everything is in our spirit, right here behind your belly buttons, all right there in heavenly realms, right? Right now through the Holy Spirit. The thing is, though, everything is accessed by faith. So it can be there, full of it, every expression of it, but some of us will never activate it because we don't put faith behind it. We just don't believe it. And we don't access. And the seeds of these things do not grow because we haven't actually activated yeah. and used it. 
I mean, the whole Bible is full of it, how we activate. The whole thing of being identity, you know, identity in Christ and how we grow is activating stuff that God has for us. But some of us stay very small in every way because we just don't dare to activate these things. And God is asking us to activate the stuff because everything in the kingdom works through seed. The power is in the seed. Business people know the power is in the seed. When they start a thing, you know, they start a business or something, there's a seed there, but you've got to keep going. But the seed will grow and grow and grow and grow. The power, the farmer knows about the seed. It's the only way to get a harvest is to put a seed into the ground. You know, we had to put a seed into the ground for harmony. But right now we've got a church of about four or 500 people here. And the thing is, though, 10 years ago there was nothing. It was just Catherine and me and the dog and the kids. And Jonathan, okay, we came together. But we put a seed into the ground. We said, okay, God, you're telling us to do this? Let's do this thing. Was it hard? It was very hard at times. But I loved every minute of it, right? We love it, don't we? But it's hard because you've got to keep on going. And sometimes you don't want to get out of bed, you know. Again, every Sunday, again, there's nobody turning up. Again, you know, blah, blah, blah. Also, you know, but you've got to put the seed in there. But what do you do? And now, look at it. Now we see such a blossoming, such things happening in our lives. But that's how it goes, the seeds you got to put in and water it by faith and love and care and then see how things grow. All of us are called to whatever you're called to in your life to put seeds into the ground. Some of you haven't even started some of the things. God has told you that he wants you to do some new business plan or something like that or whatever. And you're scared. Don't be scared. You only live once. You know? Serious. Do it now. Don't wait. Invest. Do something. We're going to have a drink. Very quiet here. At the beginning of 2 Corinthians, it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also generous, reap generously. Each one of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under any compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know... The harvest is actually in your own hands. Did you know that? Did you know that your prosperity is actually in your own hands? And it's so sad that some people never go past just living a mediocre life. You're a son of the living God, for goodness sake. You're a daughter of the living God. You've got the spirit of God living in you. He's got ultimate, limitless resources, limitless ideas. Just start thinking about, Lord, give me some formulas of what to do. Give me some ideas of what, how I can do this business better. What do I do to do here? There's so much stuff that God wants to do in and through our lives. He's given us all these laws and principles to do this kind of stuff. So come on, let's start activating these things in our lives, right? But there's no compulsion. It says here, no compulsion. You know, God cares, but he doesn't really care in the sense of, if you don't use it, it's very sad. And I can imagine that he's crying. He said, why don't you use it? Like a parent say, hey, Johnny, this is how it works. And Johnny says, I don't care. I'm not going to do it that way. But I said, Johnny, that's how it works. I don't care, I told you. I'm not going to do it. But Johnny, that will work. It will set you up. I don't care. Some of us are like this. Yeah. We just won't do what God has given to us. That's why he invites us into this thing. Whoever wants to. And I suggest we all want to. I suggest we don't say, hey, you know, be proud, you know, you think I know it better. You don't know better. God knows much better than you, right? Let's do it his way. 
And I see just an amazing, amazing blessing come through our lives. I want to hear stories of you guys. So Gideon, remember that time? I know there's several stories here. There's several people sitting here right now, and they've told this story about Gideon. I, I can do this thing. Go on, go, you know. And they did it, and now they're, they're doing very well. And it's just amazing. Because sometimes it just takes time to just invest and to say, I am going to do this thing. Right? I'm almost done, Catherine, so you can come up if you want to. I mean, play. <laughs> God loves a cheerful giver. Here's my point in the Passion Translation. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous, generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. I'll tell you something that may upset you. We determine the harvest. Now that's scary. We determine how large harmony is going to be. We determine how many people are going to get saved. We do. Catherine and I, 10 years ago, we could have gone back to Holland and live a great life and do something else. Then there wouldn't be harmony. Now, it wouldn't be other churches. Of course, other churches. God will raise it up. But the thing is, though, we chose to do this. We are in this together. We pay this together. We do this together. And we're having a great ministry right now. A lot of people getting saved all the time. And just many people being, being just ministered to the whole, through, all, all, everywhere. Why? We could choose not to do this. And it won't happen. Well, not here anyway. Not through you. God will use somebody else. We can actually, isn't it scary and good? Not scary in the sense of scary, scary, but in the sense of, isn't it kind of like sobering? Let's say it that way. We actually determine how much effect we're going to have through this church. It's amazing, isn't it? What a responsibility that we have in our church to do this together. Now, what I'm loving is that you guys are very faithful in giving, most of you anyway. And I hope that you really learn to give for the sake of Christ. Not for me, but for the sake of Christ. I pray, I don't know what your theology is, I pray that we'll become 5,000 people here in Christchurch. I pray that we have lots of campuses. I pray we have stuff all over the world. Why not? Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. How can we make more and more disciples if we only stay 400 people? He wants more. Can you, more. There's so many people who are not saved. Like 80% of Christ's church is not saved, guys. That means that churches have to grow, right? How are we going to reach them? You've got to reach them. And when you reach them, you go bigger, right? Don't be afraid of largeness or bigness. It's not about this. God wants big, healthy, prosperous churches who reach out to lots and lots of people. I tell you, the more money we have, the more things we can do. The more ministries we can start. In the end, it is actually related to money. And that's why I'm so hot on this topic. Because when we are all faithful and generous in our general giving, just to the house, the normal giving, and tithing if you like, the, the first part, and also when we do hard for the house things, literally we can do more for the kingdom and literally more people are going to get saved. Now I would love you to go over the top. This area, you can go over the top. Let's just go over the top. Let's just go and bless God in just an amazing way next week. If you're not next week here, then maybe today you can put in your, uh, at the reception, put in your form. Let's pray about it. And you've been praying about it hopefully for the last two weeks. 
please be faithful in giving. Please access what God has given to us. This whole poverty mentality, I don't know where it came from. It's got to stop. That's not God, it's not godly. Who says it's godly? I'm going to do now teaching soon about this because it's not godly. Godly is that you are called to be blessed, to be a blessing. I'm not talking about prosperity thing. That's, not, that's about meism. I'm talking about us being blessed to be a blessing. And if we're outrageously blessed, we're going to give outrageously. And I want that. Because I know that the people around us deserve it. They deserve it. Amen? Father, we thank you for your incredible grace to our, into our lives. Father, thank you that you give us seed. Thank you, give us, you give us jobs. Lord, you've so blessed my life. I want to thank you for my life and Catherine's life. I thank you for many in our church here that I see that are so blessed, Lord. We are so blessed. And so, Father, we pray that, that we will become faithful in this area of finance, that we will be just generous in every way. Lord, we wouldn't be afraid to give, that we think, hey, we're not going to have that money anymore. Now, what about my family? And Father, we pray that we would access your principles and trust you to provide for us. We don't want to be orphans in this area. We want to be true sons and daughters who know how daddy works. I know how papa works in this area of finance. We don't want to be stingy. We don't want to have a meager harvest, Lord. We want to be generous. Lord, we want to be over the top in this area so we can have lots and lots of fruit. We can have lots and lots of harvest in and through our lives. Jesus, you died for the church. You died for every person in Christ church. And Father, we love Christ church. Lord, we love what you're doing in this place. And we want to sow our lives, Lord, into Christ church. We want to sow our lives into the people who don't yet know you. So many, they're even killing themselves, Lord. Father, we have to help us, Lord, with strategies, how to reach these people. All the churches in Christ church, Lord, we pray for new ministries to be launched, Lord, so we can help people, to give hope to people. People who are despairing. People who are under demonic activity, Lord. You came to set the captives free. And so we want to be those freedom ambassadors, Lord, in this city. Why don't we stand together? We want to be those freedom ambassadors in this city. So, Father, thank you for blessing us to be a blessing. May we never be selfish in the blessing, Lord. May we never be selfish. But, Lord, may we also just go and say, less, Lord, may we just be so incredibly generous in our hearts, in everything that we do in our lives. We honor you, Lord. Father, help us to see the harvest. You say, the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. And we want to say, Lord, in harmony, we will have lots of laborers. We will all be laborers, co-laborers with Christ in this beautiful harvest that you have given to us. Father, thank you for the hundreds, for the thousands that are going to come through this church, through the ministry that we are doing together as a people. Lord, in our businesses, in our schools, wherever we go. Father, thank you for an anointing, for a revival, for an awakening. Everywhere we go, we can see many people come and find Christ in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. May your kingdom come. Your will be done in Christ's church as it is in heaven. We bless our city in Jesus' name. Christ Church, we bless you right now. We bless you, Christ Church. We love you, Christ Church. 
We love you, Christ Jesus. We bless other churches in the city. We bless all the other churches in the city. May you prosper. May you grow. May you be blessed to be a blessing in Jesus' name. May we arise as a whole church to see the city saved. It's only 400,000 people. Can't be that hard. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to see the harvest, to feel the harvest. They have such a passion for the harvest. Then we always say yes to Jesus when he said, go and make disciples of all nations. We want to go, Lord. We want to go, Lord. Send us. Lord, we say, send us. Come on, let's say it. Lord, send us. Say it together. Lord, send us. Send us in Jesus' name. Let's pray for a moment. Let's pray for a moment for the city. Thank you, Jesus, that you love Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for revival and awakening to come to Christ Jesus in Jesus' name. Thank you for the anointing of your spirit. Father, draw them by the power of your spirit. Father, in dreams and visions, we know that many Muslims are coming to faith through visions and dreams. Father, we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for everything you do in this city. Lord, accelerate your mission. Accelerate your people. Accelerate everything you're doing in this place. Lord, we thank you for the Alpha courses that are going right now. Thank you, Lord, that people are getting saved, healed, and delivered. Thank you for social ministry. Thank you, Lord, people being saved and delivered to there too. Thank you for all the different ministries, Lord, that are going on. Thank you for our workplaces, Lord. Father, we thank you for openness, divine appointments in every way. That we, your kingdom will come in every part of our lives, in every business that we have, in every, in every work that we do. May your kingdom come, Lord. 